and welcome to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time we're doing the Jacksonville Jaguars. With me, I've got a returning guest from the podcast, a Jaguars fan all the way from the UK. With us today is Lee White, otherwise known on Twitter as Brit Jag. How are you? I'm really good, thanks, Andy. How are you? I'm good. It's good to have you on. It's about what, a month until the less than a month until the season starts. So, you know. We said it before in a previous episode, when pre-season comes, you know it's all, the regular season's just around the corner. It's a bit like when I was a kid, I used to always, when I was like 10 or 11, always you see I'm a celebrity coming on and going, all right, Christmas is here soon. And I feel like a bit like that with the NFL now, where when I see that first, a Hall of Fame game happen, the first lot of games teams, you're seeing maybe a quarter, maybe half a quarter from some of the starters, you know it's coming around the corner. And I think that really builds up the excitement because you've got a lot of the off-season where it's, you know, a lot of same stories being repeated again and again. The draft lasts for two months, mock drafts and all that. So I think when you finally see that first ball kicked in pieces, you know that all those months are waiting. It's um almost time for it to begin. Yeah, definitely. It, especially compared to a lot of other sports, I feel like the off season for the NFL just is is such a long, a long period, and it it feels like it drags at time, but. As you say, we're nearly there now. Um, it's in sight, and yeah, I can't wait. I don't know about you, but I find that when I first, the first year I, because I became a fan of the sport 2009, I didn't really watch it properly, like in depth, until about 2015, 2016 time. And I remember that that first off season I had, it felt like eternity. Because my first summer, I really was thinking, right, I'm really going to get into the NFL. When I watched Super Bowl, then you know, you got nine, seven months away, and you're thinking, it just felt like me for absolutely ages. But I find every year it's getting it's getting faster and faster. I don't know whether I'm just getting older or whether there's more maybe off-season stories like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers stuff and the Mark Jackson and all that makes it seem quicker. I don't know. But, um, yeah, certainly I remember my first time I experienced an off-season. I just thought, having been used to a football season where you only really get two months, you know, at most off for each team, I think it was a real shock for me. But I think now it's just almost part of the routine now. Yeah, definitely. I I was actually talking to my friend the other day, like how we seem to have now got an influx of like the like Netflix shows and like like that callback show. We got like Hard Knocks now and and all these kind of things and and um, it just feels like they they've all kind of all come at once again. It's like where where were you a few months back when we knew we were like in the rough summer with no football at all and. Yeah, but it's, uh, as you say, nearly here now, so and I can't wait. And I think it probably helps that, for me, the off-seasons felt short because the Jags were competitive a lot longer and into the playoffs, so that was a as an added bonus. Yeah, I think certainly if your team, like, say if you're a... I won't say Cardinals fan because you've got the excitement of potentially getting a Caleb Williams or a Marvin Harrison Jr., but, you know, say if your team, like, trying to think of a really mid... Mid tier team, maybe like I won't say Tennessee because I think it's surprised, but maybe someone like oh, like um, I don't know, Los Angeles Rams, for example. You know, you haven't got any, I don't believe any first round picks next year. You know, you're probably not gonna not gonna compete for a Super Bowl. Where's the excitement coming? And I think certainly I felt it in 2019 a little bit when I thought, right, what's gonna happen here? I don't think we could do anything. And I think there's for those fans, I think definitely can seem longer because you're you're weighing seven months for basically you know it's going to be nothing. Whereas I think for yourselves, for obviously Chiefs and Bengals fans and Eagles fans, I think they probably can't can't wait to get going. Um, you mentioned documentaries there. I actually watched today 
the Johnny Manziel documentary. I don't know whether you've got time to watch that yet on Netflix, but that is something I would really recommend to anyone listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube. Um, that is a really, really good documentary. I don't know whether you've seen it, Lee. No, but the, funny if that's what that she brought that discussion up was the Johnny Manziel one, and like I say, we were then kind of listing off the other ones that have all seemed to have dropped quite close together, and it's like, well, why, yeah. why are you doing it all now? Like we've had the whole off season, like it would have been great, but yeah, no, it's that's that's I've watched Callback, um, I've watched first Hard Knocks, and the Johnny Manziel ones kind of next on the list, I think. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, right, going on to the Jaguars off season now, I found them. Because sometimes, you know, you find that articles where they got the whole ins and outs on one page. Sometimes they don't. I found the Jags the hardest one to sort of find any real major ins and outs, sense of ins especially. I mean, the main outs, you've got Marvin Jones Jr., Arden Key, Jawan Taylor, Dan Arnold, Shaquille Griffin, as well as re-signing Evan Ingram. The only real ins I can find of any note, and do correct me if I've forgotten someone big here, but I found Calvin Ridley and Brandon McManus, and that's really about it. Uh, as well as this, in the draft, he took um, offensive tackle from Oklahoma, Anton Harrison, 27th overall, as well as Brenton Strange, tight end from Penn State, 61st overall, and Tank Bigsby, running back from Auburn, 88th overall, to name a few of your draft picks. Overall for you, Lee, thoughts on the offseason for your team? Um, yeah, it's been somewhat quiet. Um, I think we were fairly happy with the roster we had. Um, as you mentioned, we haven't really bought Anyone in the draft class was a big one for us. It was 13 picks overall. Um, there was a lot of anticipation that there'll be trades and moving around the draft involved, but that didn't happen for whatever reason. But I think the big the big win for the offseason for us was getting Evan Ingram back. Um, that was the I think that was the priority of the, the front office. We've extended a couple of other players um, going into the future. Uh, Devon Hamilton is a big one for us. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd, I'd even say because Marvin Jones, I wouldn't say as much as I liked him for us, I don't think he's a major loss. I think we've upgraded in the position because obviously, like the Calvin Ridley coming in, um, John Taylor obviously replaced with a, a first round draft pick. So the, the one of note really is uh, Arden Key because I felt like our pass rush, rush struggled last year, um, and he was quite a key part of it. Um, He's again. He wasn't kind of one of the top top stars, but he certainly contributed. So that's probably the only real loss of note. Um, the the Ridley addition is great and it's exciting, but I think we had the because of the trade and how it came about, we had the excitement of that during the season. So we didn't kind of get that during the free agency bit. So in free agency, we it was just kind of silence from the Jags and just not a lot going on really. So. Um, that was a bit. It was a bit anticlimactic because our free agencies in the last couple of off seasons have been quite a quite exciting and a lot lot of new additions um, coming in. So it was a bit of a shock to the system. But I think that shows growth as a team when you don't need to sign a lot of players through free agency. I think that shows that the team's improving and as a solid base to to kind of go from. Yeah, and I think it certainly helps when you've got your big guy, your big or your franchise quarterback, you've got your, your guy for the future. I think it really helps. And I think there's really, I think the way you performed last year, you got like to Christian Kirk as well, getting Calvin Ridley in, as well as re-signing Evan Ingram. I think it's big and I think that's only going to help you going forward. I think Marvin Jones could be a bit of a loss in terms of that good, good sort of third or fourth choice. But having him there would have been great. But I think overall, you know, and I think, 
probably part of the the reason why I haven't spent much money is because you're preparing in 2025, I believe it is, to renovate TIA Bank Field. Now it's saying here, according to report, that's going to be worth around two billion dollars. Um, so it's not going to be a new stage. It's going to be well, it will be, but it's all basically re renovating the stadium you got rather than demolishing it and getting a new one like we've seen with other teams recently. Now, there's talk. Now, nothing is confirmed, and they could either go and play at a different stadium, maybe the Florida Gators one, but there is talk with rumours circling around with the NFL wanting to potentially have a few more teams, add a few more teams like Germany and a couple of London, etc. Roger Goodell's alluded to it. There is talk of, in the two years it takes to renovate TIA Bank Field, the Jags could play in London. Now, this would be eight or nine games, or probably eight games one year, nine games next year at home. Um, what are your thoughts on on the first of all the look of the stadium? Because for me, it looks like a tremendous stadium. It looks like a basically a carbon copy of SoFi. What's your thoughts on that and the potential of potentially having two straight years playing in London? And if it's even going to happen? So yeah, uh, first of all, the, the stadium it looks incredible. It's it's definitely needed. The bank is one of the oldest stadiums in the league, I believe now. Um, and it's showing its age. It's it's had kind of over the years. It's kind of had plasters put on when really bigger work needed needed doing. It's just kind of been ticking over and and kind of doing the bare minimum. So we are long overdue for a new nice new stadium. Um, there's a lot of problems. There's no there's no shelter, and obviously during the peak, well, the first kind of month or so of the season, the Florida heat is quite unbearable at times and especially when you've got to sit in it for kind of three plus hours you hear a lot of stories of people struggling in the heat um, with nowhere no escape from it basically and unless you want to leave your seat and kind of go away from the game you're stuck there so I think that that's it's well overdue it's been talked about for a while I mean in regards to the relocation while they do it um, as much as I'd love it to be in London for a year or two I don't. I don't see that as being a kind of a viable option. Really, the locals are already kind of quite upset that they kind of lose a game to London every year. Understandably, um, I mean, I can't complain about it personally because it, it works out great for me. But I, I understand where they're coming from. Realistically, it's going to probably be one of three. Um, I would imagine, as you mentioned, Gainesville, uh, Florida Gators. Um, let's talk of them using Daytona, um, the the racetrack, or I believe it's Camping World Stadium in Orlando, um, which again is a smaller stadium, but would be a more realistic option. And as as disgruntled as the locals might be about having to travel there, that's a much more kind of realistic option than than coming all the way over here, and. Yeah, I, I think it would be quite a lot to ask the players to kind of uproot to another country for a year because I think it would be all kinds of complicated because I know it's be, playing in Florida has tax. Uh, you you don't have to pay tax and, and things like that. There's, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it exactly, but that's a perk that is quite often mentioned when players join us. Uh, that would be lost if they had to come to the UK for two years and I think it would get quite complicated. So... I don't think that would be an option for now. Um, like I said, as, as much as I'd, I'd absolutely love it, but I, I, I just don't see that that happening right now. Yeah, I mean, I speak for a lot of NFL fans. Where I think 
if that news came out, I think it'd be transformational for the UK fan base because not only would it almost be an audition to see whether the UK can have a franchise, I think, as well, with what every year now seems to be a continuous issues with people getting tickets, um, then I I think that if you can have a thing where it's nine games a year, everyone will be able to at some point get tickets. I mean, it, there probably also be problems in this Ticketmaster, but I do think it would be it would be great for even just even if for two years and that's all we get ever. Then I think that'll be something that we'll look back on with memory. And I think that I would certainly try and get a season ticket if I can. That'll be that'll be an amazing thing to go to eight nine games a year. Um, but yeah, that, going back to the stadium, of course, I was I was in TIA Bankfield last year for the Giants game, and you mentioned about no shelter. I was dying for shelter. It was about twenty four degrees. It was mid October, and I, I literally have you know going. I had obviously I've been somewhere. It was raining, and I was wishing it was the other way around. But yeah, I can tell you that I um, I found it unbearably hot, and it was like there was no shade even slightly. So yeah, I can see why. I can see what you mean. Though. I know exactly how it feels. But um, I thought it was a good stadium. No, I really enjoyed it. You walk in, and Gangsters Paradise is playing, and you know when well, I walked in anyway, and there was like obviously I was very near the pool, which you know there were people there who clearly weren't there to watch the game. But either way. It was really cool to have that. And I, what I found as well was pretty cool. I don't think I saw any of the stadium was that you could actually watch Red Zone in between plays. They had a little screen on one of the corners, which happened to be near where I was, where they had Red Zone playing in the background. So you could literally watch the other games going on whilst there was a break in the Jags game, which I thought was really cool. But um, I can also see why there is a need for um, renovation. Um, now, we mentioned Trevor Lawrence just before. Of course, he had a an amazing... Uh, sophomore season of course rookie year came in under the Irvin Meyer situation that didn't go to plan last year he had a really good year and he probably established, established himself as a top 10 quarterback in the league now we've seen progression from that now in terms of his third season going into, into 2023 just how far do you think he can go coming up this season so I think he can really take that that next step now so as you mentioned he's kind of talked in kind of top 10. I've seen a lot of rankings kind of kind of fallen about 7th or 8th, um, which I think is fair, really, given his, obviously, he's only had the, the kind of one good year so far. Um, but the second half of the season, when he, when he really kicked on, he was, those final nine games, I believe he was ranked um, one of the top kind of passer rating in the NFL, uh, one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL, and he he really kind of took that next step. So I think if he could really push on this year and do a, give us a whole year of it, I think he'll elevate himself from kind of top 10, potentially top five, and maybe even kind of get himself, obviously not in the Mahomes, I wouldn't say the Mahomes kind of category, because I think he's in a kind of category all on his own. Um, but I think he could be knocking on the door of the kind of the Josh Allen, the Joe Burrow, kind of the next tier down. I think he could be knocking on the door. Of, of, the, of the second tier yeah I think you're right and I think that of course he came into the entire league I mean I, I knew about him even in high school you've, you've been talked about I think thanks to things like social media you see a lot more of these high school players these days than maybe you would have especially in the UK so I was seeing you know high school clips of him and then obviously all talk going into college and you know I'm I'm not afraid to say I was a critic of him after his first year. I think I had him as, we did a quarterback ranking last year, and I think I had him either 31st or 30th. And, you know, I was really unsure about his potential as a player. But then, you know, last season came and he 
just completely silenced myself and many of the critics, really. And I think that, especially in a division which is, isn't really one of the strongest, I think he's probably guaranteed a lot more division wins, a lot more playoff appearances. And I think how you perform in the playoffs really makes you as a player. And I think this season, if they can make it to, I know it's a tough conference, but if you can make it to a divisional round or AFC championship game, I think that really cement his legacy as a top 10 even more. And I think that, you guys, you've had, you've had Blake Bortles, you've had other really bad callbacks in the time. I think you fight, seem to now finally found your your best callback, and I forget his name, the old guy since him. So, um, so yeah, no, I think it's exciting times for Jacksonville. And I think that, of course, London's coming up every year you play in London. And I think that it probably is now the best ever Jacks team we'll see in London. I think certainly the best callback we've seen in London. And I think having him against Josh Allen will be really exciting stuff are you going to the game so yeah so at the moment i'm i've got my tickets for the falcons game at wembley um the bills one i wasn't su- successful initially um but i am kind of keeping my eyes out on the on the resale market when the when the prices kind of come down a bit because i feel like they're a bit at the moment they're still a bit a bit rich for my blood but uh yeah no i'm i'm, I'm hoping to get to both the games fantastic and i Hope to see you there at both games when I go. So um, we'll, have to, um, we'll have to link up and find a time to have a catch-up. Um, now, heading on to our final segment, which is going to be our win-loss-tie segment. So, of course, your first time doing it, Lee. We had Seb Talk Sports on last year, where basically we go through each game of the season and each fan predicts win-loss or tie. So week one is a road game at the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, a win there. I think the Colts with their rookie QB, I think they announced, they confirmed today it was going to be uh, Anthony Richardson. Um, I'm confident. I think uh, we'll come out flying. I think the team are very up for it this year. So I think it'll be a a win there. Hey, so week two, you play the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that beat you in the playoffs last season. You're playing them at home, win, loss or tie. So I surprised a few people here, but I think I'm going to go for a win here. I think it's a good time to catch them early on in the year. Um, I, I just uh, I think the team might be incentivized. We lost them twice last year. I think they'll be really up for it. And I think we might be able to just sneak over the line on this one. That'll be incredible watching if that does happen. I think you meant, I mentioned about Trevor Lawrence's legacy. If he can go out there and beat Mahomes, I think that will just, especially so early on in the season, I think that would really alert everyone to the Jags. And Lawrence himself, I think, yeah, that, that'll be um, brilliant TV. Um, week three, your final home game before the back-to-back stretch in London um, is a home game against the Texans. So, on paper, I'd say a win. Um, but having known the Jags, I feel like we will probably, even if we had a good start, I feel like this might be a potential uh, tripping hazard, if, as it might be. Um, so, I am going to go a, lo- a loss for this one. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. I must be honest. Um, that would be a shock. Especially after beating the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know whether you follow football or not, but as a Liverpool fan, I've seen it so many times we'll beat these big teams and then we'll lose to a, a mediocre to relegation threatened team the next week. I remember last season, beat Man U 7-0, lost to Bournemouth the following week, beat City 1-0 in October and lost to Forest. So I think that'll be the equivalent of that. You know, going yeah. on to um, you know, to lose the Texans after after beating the Chiefs. That's, that's kind of my thought process. That's the way the kind of Jags <laughs> seem to treat us. They think, yeah, get our hopes up, and then. <laughs> well, week four, and week five is your back-to-back London stretch, of course, making history, becoming the first team to play two regular season games in uh, overseas destination, being London. 
So first up is against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, so I think the Falcons we bounce back um, and get a nice, a nice solid win at Wembley. Okay, and then week four, which is technically um, a road game at the Bills, but you could really say it probably is a home game. Given the fact the Bills have played, I think twice, if not once, before in London. So um, yeah, you're against the Bills uh, in week five. Yeah, so I, I think that being in London is actually going to be a huge advantage, a lot more than kind of some other people think. Uh, the fact we won't have to travel, they're going to have to come and acclimatise to London. Um, and also taking away the the advantage of the Bills Mafia uh, back in Buffalo, and that's kind of, it's going to be a neutral, as we've seen with the London games, it's, all the time, it's a neutral kind of venue. I, I think that could be enough to, to swing in our favour while they're adjusting to, to London time and, and things like that. I think you could be surprised because uh, in our Bills episode, I caught up with Will Bradley, who's the founder of uh, Fans Buffalo, basically like a travel agency that um, they take Bills fans to every, every road game. Um, and yeah, they were, they're bringing a lot of Bills fans from America are coming. There's friends of mine I made when I was in Detroit last year. David has been on the podcast before. Him and a few others, such as Karen and Brandon, they're all coming down to watch a game. I think there's going to be I think as well, there's a bit of a Bills following in the UK now. So I think I think you might be surprised. I think, especially with two Jags games, I, I think we could see a completely outnumbered for what for this game. I think we'll see more Jags fans for week four. But I do feel like you may be surprised how many Bills fans um turn up for this one. I think they're gonna they're gonna come strong. Okay. Yeah, no, I I I just, I just think there'll be there'll still be a lot of neutral neutral fans with tickets, as as we see with all the London games. So that will help. I suppose neutralize it a bit, if if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I'll be there. Probably wear my Dolphins jersey. Tom Morton's coming with me. Uh, he's wearing probably wearing his Giants jersey. So, yeah, it probably will be Vikings jersey, Saints jerseys, you know, Cardinals jerseys, all sorts. You know, I'm not against the idea of it being all just. I I've, I've said before that I actually do think one day with the amount of tickets in demand, they should. I think you should register for tickets once you have your team there, and I think therefore, if your team linked to your account is playing in that game tickets are going to sale for I do think that that'll be I think a good chance to try and appease ticket issues if you get the first refusal I know a lot of Titans fans can't make the game because again against Ravens and Ravens fans the same because they've been outdone by by Cardinals and and Rams fans who, who are going to the game instead of them and I think there's a big problem in that sense with tickets in London that is so popular now you can I think you can do that system where you have that thing on your account where you get a first refusal. So I think that would really help have that advantage, home advantage to um I think that would, that would, that would really help elevate the London games even more. So I think that's something that maybe NFL UK should look into. Um well you you're in you're home again, uh, back in America in Jacksonville, um in week six against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, so I I, I think we actually do the double over the Colts because I, I don't know if you're aware, but we I can't even remember the years now, but it's it's been like X amount of years since they've managed to get a win at Jacksonville, even at our worst, like the year we went one in 15, they were the one <laughs> we beat them. Even at our worst, we beat them in Jacksonville. It just, it's just something that seems to happen. So I'm certainly not going to bank on that ending anytime soon. Yeah. I'm just looking up the record now. So looking at the last time you lost at home to the Colts, uh, let me look at this. Uh, I think it might be like 2012 or something like something like that. I, I think here it's saying it's 20. 
fourteen, I think here. Oh, twenty fourteen, maybe. They won forty-four points to seventeen. I'm looking at. Okay. I can't see any any others really. I mean, you've got a few but, losses in Indianapolis, but yeah. Either way, like nine, ten years now. So that's um, yeah, so yeah. pretty good streak. So yeah, I think that'll keep going. And as long as they're a team that's really looking like they could threaten, I think the Colts. I think, and I'm going to mention it in our predictions episode with Stephen Luke, but I can see him being no higher than third or fourth, even if Taylor plays, even if Richardson hopefully becomes a player that I love, the Florida Gators. Um, I just don't see, especially in a rookie year, him doing it. So I think they could really struggle uh, this year. Um, now, week seven is a road game um, in the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, so I think this is this is a real tough one for me because I'm I'm torn because I feel like on paper the team itself, I think we probably edged the Saints with our offense, but I think the Superdome could be a deciding factor. So I'm very torn, but I think I'm, I might go for a loss for the Jags on this one. Okay, so that means going to Week Eight, um, you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. So this one, it's more, I'm going with my heart over my head because the Steelers, outside of our division, the Steelers is kind of one of our rivals. We've had some big playoff games against them in the in the past. And uh, like I say, other than those, the three in the AFC South, they're kind of the next next team down. So I'd really like to get a win over those. So I'm going to go for a Jags win there. Okay, so that means going into your week nine bye week, you're on a six and two record. Um, so you go into week 10, off a bye. Uh, against at home to the 49ers? Um, I'm going to go for a loss on this one because I do think the 49ers are a, a very, very good side. Um, if I'm honest, I think this could probably potentially be our toughest game. I think, I think this one I've got more concerns about than even the Chiefs game. I'm not sure why, just a kind of gut feeling, but I think it's going to be a tough game. So yeah, I'll go for a loss for the Jags on that one. Yeah, I mean, they'll certainly be one of the teams. Unless they have their usual annual injury crisis and I think that'll be a team that'll be going far in the postseason let's put it that way um week 11 back at home again sorry uh but this time against the Titans uh yeah so I'm yeah, I'm gonna go for beating the Titans uh like I said I'm our number one rival so there's no there's no way I've got us down as losing to them love it love it um talking of rivals you're playing the Texas next but this time on the road um, yeah, I, I don't think they're doing the double over us. So um, we might have, they might have caught us sleeping in the first one, but I think we, we kind of get a bit of payback this one. Love it, love it. Um, week 13, you mentioned the 49ers being tough. This is one of the ones that you probably have in that same bracket. You're, on, you're at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Um, again, this is another one. I, 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 don't, I feel like we might, we might be able to edge it. Um, it's it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I say it's sorry. It, this one's at, at TIA Bank, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll get. I'll say that gives us the slight edge. I think. I think we can another shock win there. Okay, and I'm loving these predictions. Um, completely. I didn't think he'd lose the Texas, and I didn't think he'd beat the Bengals. So it's um, causing me and probably the audience a few surprises. So I'm loving it. Oh uh, yeah, I think it's probably just the the off season optimism kicking in a bit, but uh, yeah, it's fun to get carried away. Yeah, that's the beauty of the off season, isn't it? Like every fan base has hope. That's the beauty of it. Even Cardinals fans have that hope. So it's um, yeah, exciting time. And most fan bases get the hard dose reality after weeks two and three. <laughs> yeah. Um, week fourteen is a road game. This time against the Cleveland Browns. 
Okay, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go for a win against the Browns, I think. I think they're a kind of I don't know, I just get a vibe they're a kind of very middle of the road team. Not really sure what to expect from Sean Watson. Last year well, based on his contract, he he vastly underperformed. Um if he can turn that around, I think they could be a, a good team. If that kind of continues, I think they'll be very middle of the road. Um, so I'm going to go for a win there. Okay. Well, I mentioned my quarterback rankers episode on on this po- podcast. I did have the Sean Watson as my worst starting quarterback in the league. So if you want to find out why I've said that, go back to the episode and find out why. Um, I do give some reasons. Um, week 15 is a home game against the another a- NFC, sorry, AFC North team in the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so we we got the win against them last year, um, right at the right at the death. Um, they're going for two points. Um, I do think this might be a tough one. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson is a is a very good quarterback. Um, I think this one might be a might mark this one down as a loss. Hey, so week sixteen is on the road to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a win. Um, obviously, the bonus of being a road game, it's it in NFL kind of terms, it's not much of a road game, really. Um, I think they are in a transition period, really. I think after losing Tom, I don't really rate Baker Mayfield all that much. If he's even the, if he is even the starting callback come to, come to week one. Um, but no, I, I, th- I think we have enough to, to be, to be the Tampa Bay. Okay, and then week 17, your final home game of the regular season, at least, um, is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, so I think the, I think it's come down to depend on the situation. If we've got the division wrapped up and we've got a good, and it has no impact on the, the kind of rankings, then potential loss. But I, I think I think on paper, we've got enough to beat the Panthers as well. So, yeah, I'm going to put us down for a win. Why not? Okay, brilliant. And then finally... Week 18 is a road game against the Tennessee Titans. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think think this could be potentially, if it, 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 like I say, it will come down. If we've got something to play for, I think I think we've got what it takes to beat them if we need to. But I've got a feeling that the division could be wrapped up by now. Um, and I still think they aren't the team they were a season or two ago. But with the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, they've still got enough to cause teams problems. And as much as it pains me to say, I think that we might lose that one. Okay. Do you think maybe the chance, maybe that if you got sort of like the visions wrapped up, but then for example, you've got that maybe potentially just by this record, you're maybe the first seed to play for and be second seed to play for. Do you think that could maybe mean come to week 18, you might play your starters? Yeah. If, if there's something to play for, Doug is, Doug's very, Go for it, kind of attitude. Um, as we saw last year, and we saw uh, we saw during his time with the Eagles, he's very he'll go for it if there's even a one percent shot. So I think that I think that'll play a big part come that come to that that game because obviously it was the Titans that we played um, in the final week of the season last year, and we had to win to get into the playoffs um, to secure the AFC South. So we could see history repeat itself again and. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. And but, like I say, if if it is wrapped up and and a win makes no difference, then it, personally, I'm of the mindset of why, why do it? Why risk Trevor? Or any of the starters? Well, 
too many of the starters anyway. So, um, yeah, no, it, it will definitely come down to the situation, I think, with that one. Yeah, and I think that's a challenge to prove last year against you guys. Don't always play starters week 18 if you've got nothing to play for because that came back to bite them. Um, but that is really your record now without loss, finishing as a 12-5. So that has you at the moment as the fourth most optimistic fan of our current mini-series. You've had um, 15 fans on um, and 14 teams, and you are the fourth most optimistic team. Only Roy Joe Daniels, our Bengals fan, in third. Only Charlie Nelson, our Bills fan, with a 13-4 and four record in second. And Paul Hope, our Niners fan, was 14-3 and three ahead of you. So that's a pretty confident and optimistic feeling for you ahead of the season. Yeah, and like I say, it may just be me getting carried away. As you mentioned before, it's been a long time since we've had a quarterback like we have. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think, is one of the best wide receivers we've had in a long time. And I think he'll make a difference because our, our offense was good last year. And with him, adding him to the offense, I think that could potentially open it up to that next level. And we could cause quite a few teams a, a lot of problems. Speaking of problems, um, 12 for 5, you would think, well, especially in your division, probably win your division and get into the playoffs. So you get to the playoffs. How far will you go in the playoffs? That's a little bonus prediction. So I think, I think I'd, li- I'd like to make it to the AFC Championship game. Got to the divisional game kind of this year. Be nice to kind of just take it one step further. I still think we've got a young roster. Um, we've got a lot of kind of well, draft picks contributing this year and, and, players on their rookie contract. So I think there's still going to be an element of a, a learning curve. Um, but I certainly think we're capable of, of kind of taking that next step and getting to that AFC Championship game and just kind of trending in the right direction, really. Fantastic. Um, so that is where we'll end the podcast for today. So first of all, once again, uh, thank you, Lee, for coming on back to the show. No worries at all. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. It's always a pleasure. We'll look forward to having one again at some point during the season. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, Jacksonville Jaguars season preview. I've been Andy. This has been Lee White. And we will see you guys for our next season preview. See you then.